So this week's topic is how can I bring my burdens to the cross and then not pick them straight back up again and walk off? How can I actually leave my troubles at the cross? Now, that might seem a little bit of an odd topic, so I'm hopefully going to cover it fairly well for you guys. Uh, we'll find out. So, without any planning or preparation. Mark, how's your week been? Uh, yeah, all right. It's been stressful. It's stressful? It's been last minute. Yeah, sorry about that. That's just uh, how I roll. <laughs> Tom, how's your week been? Standard week, same shit, different day. Is that what we're saying? Or is it? Yeah, okay, fair enough, cool. Everybody's being far too upbeat. When I think about how my week has gone, I always remember the bad over the good. I always seem to... All the bad just seems to stay in my head. I quickly think about all those times that that particular department has irritated me at work. Or that one particular person that cut me up on the way into work. I remember them, not the 99 other cars I passed on the way. It just shows. So hang on, actually, let's have a little quick show of hands. Who this week has been worried? Who this week has been stressed? Who this week has been worried about stress? But no, no. <laughs> Who this week has got annoyed? Who this week has been hurt in some way? <laughs> yeah, you might as well. I mean, sorry, I wasn't paying to, to, to uh, partaking. Uh, first, second, third, fourth, well, fourth. <laughs> Each of these incidents can sometimes just eat away at us, can lead us to them carrying them around. So, in true fashion, let's have a little bit of worry, a little bit of anger, and a little bit of stress. Uh, they were the biggest bottles I could find. Um, I was worried about getting water all over the floor. So, we have these incidences, and they just eat away at us. It's almost like we just basically pop them in the backpack and carry them around with us. And it's uncomfortable. It's weird. It's heavy. But we do something really odd. We ignore it. Completely ignore it. Pretend it is not there. And get on with our lives whilst carrying around that. I know for a fact I carry it around with me. I find it almost impossible to let go of it. And because I have this burden on me wherever I go, it affects all of my other interactions. Because that guy made me angry, so I didn't mean to point at you, because that guy made me angry, or because that one thing didn't go as I planned. I get angry about it, or I get stressed about it. That thing didn't go the way I wanted it to. It just eats away at me. 
I wonder what else I've misunderstood. What else is going to be cause me a problem? And I can't let it go. And it just sits there and sits there. And it has a direct impact with how I interact with other people. It leads to me coming home and being short-fused with people in my family who I love. It leads to me trying to just taking it out on people I don't intend it to. I snap at people who are my friends because I just can't put it down. Now, hear me. This is not me making excuses for my actions. When I snap, I need to apologize. When I'm angry, I need to apologize. But I'm just trying to illustrate how the loads we each carry affect us and not in a good way. Let's think about the problem. Let's think about all the problems we carry around with us being stored in backpacks. Let's call them emotional backpacks. Why not? It seems like a fun little phrase for them. And the heavier the backpack, the more problems we are carrying around with them. So, I need two volunteers of about similar stature. Um, Joe, I haven't picked on you in years. <laughs> and Tom. So, Joe, can you... So, everybody saw two backpacks? Loaded with anger, pain, stress. Anger, worry, stress, even. Pop them on. Come on, on your back, Joe. On your back. They've both gone through exactly the same week. <coughs> Tom seems all right. He seems to be handling that load of any problems. Joe, how's he back? Uh, <laughs> so, does this seem like an interesting picture? <laughs> I'm wondering how long I leave Joe with that on. <laughs> Lean into it, it's fine. So, when I see people with backpacks, what do I do? Emotional backpacks. I mean, normal backpacks, I give them a little bit of a push and just watch them spin around. But what do I do when I see people with emotional backpacks? Well, I am not always the kindest of person. And my reaction tends to go into two categories. There's two categories. I tend to do one of two things. Either I look at them and go, like, Tom's backpack, that's nothing. That's light. What about all the problems going on in my life? What about all the headaches I've got? You have absolutely no right to be complaining. I mean, do you know what's going on in my life? Or, if the backpack is bigger than mine and heavier than mine, sorry, Joe, I freeze. I just don't know how to act with people. I'm just like, I'm scared of saying the wrong thing about offending them in some way. I can see the hurt and the pain they're already in, and I don't want to make it any worse. Now, is either of these things fair for me to do? No, absolutely not, not in the slightest. Who am I to judge how well somebody else could carry my bag? 
how am I to judge how well I could carry somebody else's? Should I not instead treat everybody with kindness and love? With enough love to meet them where they are. With enough love to ask them how they are doing and be willing to help and take the time. You can take those off now, by the way. Sorry, Joe. <laughs> I'll tell you what's in it later. <laughs> I mean, would it not be better if we just treated everybody we came with with kindness and dignity and love as we, in those difficult times, want to be treated ourselves? Is that not exactly the example that Jesus showed us to follow? Meeting people where they are talking to them, engaging with them in their hurts, and listening to them, and helping where, they, where, where we can. So, speaking of God, how often do you come to God with your issues? I don't know about you, but I am both proud and stubborn. Not a good combination, as my wife will testify to. <laughs> Didn't expect to do it quite so loudly. <laughs> but I have to be figuratively on my knees, under the weight, being absolutely crushed, before I will even ask anyone to help. And Mark Triggs is trying valiantly to beat me out of it, along with a lot of other friends. And I'm thankful for them, to that. Unfortunately, this attitude comes with me when I'm approaching God and talking to God. I have to be absolutely in my wit's end before I come and actually ask God for help. Now, this is not a good trait. It is not healthy. It is not helpful. But it still remains the case that I do it. So why is this? Do I believe that God like, just isn't interested in me? Well, no. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 11, it says, If you then, though you are evil... Know how to, good, how, to good, how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? So do I feel that it is that I don't want to bother him? No, because in Matthew eleven twenty eight it says, Come to me, all those who are weary, and I will give you rest. Do I feel that I am not good enough? No, because in the parable of the lost sheep... Jesus is the good shepherd, and he goes out of his way to come and hunt for us. So what is it then? Why do I not come to God when I have issues? And the truth is twofold. Firstly, I am stubborn. And secondly, my personal relationship with God is at best lacking. So when I finally break and come to God for my issues, it is not a pretty sight. I, there's normally a lot of tears, there's normally a lot of tears. But I come before God and I ask him to take the burdens away from me, and he does. When I am in his presence and connected to him, I find peace, I find rest. The storm ranging outside it and in my head is stilled. In God's presence, I can take my backpacks off, I can sit at his feet, and I can find peace. Now, as I said at the start, this week's topic is bringing our burdens to God, which I think I've covered. 
the second half of this topic was, and not walking off with them again. And this in lies the problem. Has anybody got any questions for the first half? Are we all happy with where I'm going? Cool. All right, let's dive into the second half. Not walking off with our burdens. So I've come to God with my issues. I've placed them at his feet. What do I do next? Well, I pick them up. And I walk off for them. Let's imagine that for a second. So I'm in the throne room of God. I have literally just staggered and crawled my way into the presence of God, begging him for help. I've had a nice, solid five minutes with God, and I'm feeling much better about myself. So I pick my pack up and walk off again. I mean, that, well, walk, crawl back out again. That sounds stupid now, doesn't it? You're right, it does. But you're also right, that doesn't really happen that way in real life. But I think it's closer than what we'd actually all like to admit. What I do is I come to God for my problems, I pray and ask him to help. And when I feel better about myself, I walk away. I go back to trying to do things on my own strength. I go back and I try sorry, I go back to trying to do things on my own strength. And as I'm relying on my own strength, I start to worry about how I will manage. And because I'm worrying, I then start to stress. And that stress, I stress about the things being outside of my control. What about if I'm not good enough? What about if I'm not strong enough to do that? And before you know it, I'm back where I started. I'm crawling on my knees under exactly the same weight and burdens as I was before. Now, is that just me, or does it sound familiar to you guys as well? So what could I have done differently? Lucy, could you pull up Matthew chapter 11, 28 to 30? Firstly, let's actually have a look at that chapter. Maybe as I've come to God with so much, it's taken me so long to actually get to God, maybe it'd actually be worth, you know, asking him to help. Not actually using him as a pit stop so I feel better about myself, but actually asking him to actually intercede. Is the answer, in fact, to ask God for help and then expect him and long for him to actually help us instead of going back and trying to do it in our own strengths? We good? Cool. So, Matthew chapter 8, 30. In fact, Cam, I'm going to this microphone for John, can you read for me? Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So, come to me all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Cool, done that. Felt much better afterwards. Thanks, God, bye. No, that's not what Jesus says. He continues, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Take my yoke and learn from me. Learn from Jesus and walk in his ways. He is gentle and humble. He will be kind to us, helping us with our issues and showing us a better way to actually live. 
And by living with him and under his teachings, our souls will actually find rest and we'll find peace. The burden of following Jesus is light. The situations he may lead us into are not simple and they are not easy. But knowing that he stands by our side and fights alongside with us means that our souls can be at peace and have rest. So maybe when we come before God and we're struggling with what we're, what's put before us, maybe we actually look at Jesus and lead from his examples. And instead of trying to do it in our own strength, we actually rely on him and actually trust in him, not just as a pick-me-up, but as actually somebody that's going to fight for us. Now, to close, I'd like to take a few minutes in quiet reflection. I've, I've set up a nice point here for us to just focus on. And Lucy's going to put a video on the screen for us to just think about. So I'm going to ask us to humble ourselves and come before God with our issues. Now, there's a pad and there's paper and some pens if people want to. Or if you just want to quietly in your own heart just come to God with what you're currently going through, that's absolutely fine. And I just want you guys just to spend that few moments listening to God and asking him to help in your lives. But then to expect him and to include him in the solution to these problems. And to be led by his example.
that was playing and what John was speaking about that I should share a little bit of testimony. I'm Sarah, the other one of our age group that still made it to church. <laughs> when I was 19, which is quite a long time ago now, I... We won't, do the math. <laughs> we won't let's not do the math. I became pregnant out of wedlock and my mum and dad are in church ministry and it was a massive thing and people left the church and it was horrible. I felt mainly bad for my parents because I'm their oldest daughter and I messed up. Well, I didn't really, me I didn't feel like I messed up. I felt angry because I didn't feel the church had equipped me to living in the real world. You had to pretend like you were really friends with God and all that, but never really equipped me with temptation and the consequences of that. And so that was hard and I kind of became really angry um, with everybody and myself and I took it out on everybody else including my parents and anybody who walked in my way and then I was left with this child and I didn't know what to do with this child and it was really difficult to connect but I did and I was at home with my parents and they were always telling me what to do and all that and it was only when we moved out and we got our own house together when she was about a year old that it kind of I was kind of left on my own then and I kind of kept going to Jesus and saying, oh, I'm so sorry and so much shame and I feel so bad and how could I do this? And every time I met, went to church, I'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry, please forgive me, forgive me for this, forgive me for that, I'm so sorry. And it went on for a long time until I went, okay, I've, I'm fed up of saying sorry. I've had enough. What do I do now? And that was the big change where Jesus actually started doing stuff in my life because I stopped feeling so bad about a mistake in which I have a daughter who's wonderful, challenging, wonderful, but that's because she's 12, <laughs> you know, and stuff started to change. I changed. I stopped being angry and having a massive chip on my shoulder because nobody knows what it's like. You didn't do a big sin 
you know, it, like, you know, which lots of people do every day. But, you know, it's the stigma, isn't it? Like, you have no idea how hard it was. My parents were in ministry and, you know, and people left the church. And as soon as I let that go and started listening to Jesus and going, okay, so what do I do now? And him going, okay, well, I'm glad we can move on because this has been going on for a while. It's a bit boring. Let's start looking at you. What do you want to do? I don't know. Well, let's look at that. Let's look at what you want to do. Where do you want to go, Sarah? I see this. I see that. What do you want to do? And I started doing stuff and doing stuff for myself and Jesus blessed it and Jesus showed me the way and, and then I met my husband and he'd been a drug addict and turned his life around and because we both had bad past, he put us together because there was no judgment because we'd both been through rubbish times and done stuff wrong and so because Jesus knows what you need and then we've been married for a long long time now <laughs> and got lots of children <laughs> but it just to show that you don't have to worry about all your mistakes and keep bringing them back to the cross over and over again he's like okay I've got them <laughs> I've heard it <laughs> let's move on you know don't let things keep keep you in that same place. It's okay, we all make mistakes. No matter how bad they are, we all make mistakes and we all have to move on.